welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm Ewan Spence, and we're going to finish off our interviews this year with Lynn Ferguson. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. We're getting close to the end of the fringe. The sunset is just there lurking on the horizon. We will get there soon enough. Uh, there's still there's still a number of nights to go for our performance, two or three, depending on how they've booked themselves out. But we're, we're coming to the end of the fringe podcast, at least for 2022 as well. We've got our final interview here with Lynn Ferguson. Uh, Finn Ross and I... Still pounding the streets trying to find some great shows. We're going to be here with this sort of epilogue recap podcast uh, tomorrow. And then, of course, we have some surprises for September. But anyway, Lynn Ferguson, whose show Storyland is, I think it's just a wonderful way to bring everything sort of into focus. The Fringe is nothing if not a crucible of storytelling. And it's not a huge, great, big skill. Everybody can tell stories. And that's one of Lynn's great beliefs. And she's going to go into this in much more depth in this interview. The idea of stories, of sort of passing everything through. I just think it's a lovely way for us to sort of bring this massive, massive 3,000 strong show, flavoursome podcast show, radio, into land. Uh, the other thing is, of course, it's a very Scottish interview. And by that, I mean that uh, George Carlin's seven favourite words are not going to be used with any sort of power or malice. They're going to be used in the Scottish way, like punctuation, like full stops, like commas. I still think I need to tag the explicit tag on iTunes, though. There you go. Stories in all their forms, words in their many guises, Storyland and Lynn Ferguson. Join me now on the Edinburgh Fringe show as we get into the last weekend, or as as other people would call it, about halfway through Glastonbury. (laughs) Lynn Ferguson, hello Uh, Lynn. Hello, well you know what, it is the last weekend, but I only started this weekend, or the weekend before. Like I, here's a bit of advice, Fringe goers, don't start a show in the third week of the Fringe. Because uh, it goes really fast and you've actually kind of exhausted yourself a little bit beforehand, I think. But uh, so this is only, this weekend will be my seventh show. Ooh. How many times at the Fringe before? Oh God, 420, I don't know. Uh, that's like asking, you know, Amelda Marcos how many pairs of shoes she's got or... Kim Kardashian, how many different ass lifts she's had, I don't know, a lot. I love the fact that you give an old-timey reference for our older <laughs> listeners and, a, and one for the younger well, generation. you know, I like to be flexible. like to be flexible. Who has more shoes, the Kardashians or Marcos? I don't know that I care, do you? I, d- I don't know, but it would make a wonderful story, wouldn't it? Well, it w- oh, is that you putting <laughs> yeah. story in there? I see. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Well, no, you know, I think stories are the most interesting stories are the ones that people don't know that they're telling. Like when usually when people say, I've got a story for you, I go, oh, God, really? But like, actually, when people talk, they'll often tell stories that are really fascinating. Like the story that hit me in the fringe really was that I went on, I got in a car at one point 
a cab from Haymarket Station and I was just, you know that way in the middle of the fringe, you're like, this is too loud. It's too loud. There's too many people. There's too much shit going on. There's like too much, right? And I get in this cab and um, a black cab and I said to the guy, are you okay? And he went, no. I said, you're not? And he went, no, I'm frightened. And I went, what are you frightened for? And he said, I, I spent all the pandemic in the house and uh, and I, I used to drive a cab and I know I have to drive a cab and the, the wife has told me I need to get out and drive the cab and I'm in the cab but I'm frightened I don't know that I know where I'm going and I was like well none of us ethically really metaphorically know where we're going so uh, we'll, we'll get through it it'll be alright and actually his story totally changed my story because it was like it's only Edinburgh do you know what I mean it's only noise all of us all of us in our life are dealing with stuff that's like challenging at times and successful at times and, and what I like about story is, or in my brand of story, is it's all about clear or unclear. That you don't, you don't have to tell a good story where it has a happy ending or a bad story where it's got a scary ending or whatever. You can just see what it is to be alive and, that, and sometimes that's enough. And that's the core of your show here it at The Fringe. It totally is. It's totally the core of my show. Because they think that we're all being told to live in this fiction that I don't really approve of which is that there's shit going down in the world and there's nothing that any of us can do about it. We just have to like let it pass and let people like Jacob Rees-Mogg or whoever look after us. Um, and I think that the through history, uh, people have got a load away with a whole load of shit because um, they've been able to tell other people that they don't really matter that much and their stories aren't that important. I saw a brilliant thing that Frankie Boyle had said, which was that we're not living through... What was it? We're not living through... Uh, uh, depression. We're living through a bank robbery. Like literally, we are getting this shit is all getting stolen from us, and we're going, oh no, well, there's nothing we can do because we're just little people doing our things, and they've got the big story. And that kind of is why I wrote the show the way that I wrote it, because I want people to understand that the things that happen in their lives are important. Certainly important enough to be engaged with. Was that a bit heavy for the last weekend? No, I don't think because the fringe has. It's over 3,000 stories, and some yeah. of them are dark, and some of them are light, and we've yeah. featured dark stories and light stories, but yeah. they all have something in them. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, I'm, I'm a great believer myself in that everybody has a story. Oh, I agree. And, yeah. and the skill yeah. is knowing how to share it, yeah. whether that's on your own, with the help of somebody else, yeah. on, on social media, through pictures. Everybody can do it. It's just that everybody does it in a slightly different way. Totally, but also nobody ever can or ever will see the world exactly as you do, right? Like, once you understand that as a concept, it changes everything, because then you're like, all right, so everything that I've seen, nobody will ever... No, you're the only person that can transmit that, only you. Nobody else can show that section. So then, as soon as you understand that, it gives you value. But the second, the sort of progression on understanding that is, if nobody ever can or ever will see the world exactly as you do, then you don't have to be threatened when people don't agree with you. Because you can go, well, they just don't see the world the way that I do, but nobody ever can, so we're good. Do you know? It's like, so I want people to understand about story because I think it just makes us all go, oh, okay, I don't have to be anything. It's like being me is possibly enough, and the things that I have seen do have value, and I do have a right to speak about them. I could just do, I know it's a little high, and even I catch myself because I look at the audience sometimes and they're like, oh my God, right? Like that it's like, it's a sort of interesting thing after the show finishes because people clap, but they have a, they laugh a bit, but also they get a little upset because they're like, it's relief. What I really do want is I want 
people to to recognise that they have something worth saying and it's maybe time that they get around to saying it. And I don't mean that by writing a lovely blog or doing a friend show. I do mean that you have a right to decide how you want your life to be and you don't have to let the people who've been deciding it for you carry on doing that. When did you crystallise this view? Well, I work a lot in story. That's like I, I work on helping people... Uh, find their narrative. So I do work with, um, I do cult work, actually. I do people coming out of cults, which is quite fascinating. So basically I'll ask some stories to try and find them because they they are very much stuck usually in their own, in the story of the universal cult, right? And so it takes a while to find them. And and, uh, I realised that mostly the people who join cults they they want to be part of something and they wish to be part of something good. They wish to bring something good into the world. And then I'll work with people who just are like have a lot of sort of very successful writers who are in block. And most of that is about that they um they want to be part of something or they want to make something good, but they don't know how. And actually universally, all the way through a story, if you listen to people, there are two things that always come through, which is do I belong and am I worth anything? Like everybody's got that, and yet all of us think that it's only us. Like everybody thinks that that's that, that they're the only one that thinks, do I belong and am I worth anything? And then I was like, fuck. So the things that people think are interesting about them are actually the most boring. Like this, do I belong here? Everybody's got that. That's not interesting. Um, that what's interesting about someone is the way that they see something. Like I listened to on my show this morning was Val McDermott. And she was talking about, who's an amazing writer, and I asked her about um, Diamonds, which is about value, really, and she talked about her first story that she wrote, remembered writing, was about a diamond robbery. And uh, I'd said to her, so we're doing this different stuff, and I said, so that story was really about something else, wasn't it? Like, the reason you told the story, and she said, well, it was the first time I knew I was worth something. Like, I knew that I could do something, Right. So, like, I wanted to do this thing with story because I work so much with story. Sorry if I'm paraphrasing you, Val. (laughs) But it was roughly like that. Um, I wanted to do a show because I think now uh, people are really struggling with what's happened to them. And um, and story story allows you to go, it's okay to feel a bit vulnerable after that, but you can still get on with your life. Yeah. What sort of reaction are you getting from the audience during the show? Oh, they talk to me and everything. So sometimes I'll say, because it's very, uh, like I do form stories, like set stories, and then I'll break them all down and then we're just chatting. And then I'll do something else and I'll build it again because I want them to recognise that you don't have to like wear a cape to tell a story. I want them to try and, not try, I want to allow them to see that sometimes when they speak, that the things that they speak are of value um, and that they don't have to announce that they're telling a story to make that happen. So uh, during the show, people will talk to me. Uh, there's a lot of people get quite upset at different points in the show for different reasons. Um, not upset, angry, but uh, I don't think MDs come out saying that they haven't cried. But, but most of the time they're not crying about what I've told them. They're having a little, you know, one of these relief cries where you go, oh, really, I'm not a bastard and I'm not useless. That one, they're mostly having that. And then at the end, um, you know, People are both happy and and a little emotional. 
Um, I kind of wanted to do a show. It sounds really cheesy, but I think we've all just dealt with such shit. I wanted to do a show that's kind of like a big cuddle that goes, you know what, it's really okay to be you. You can be you, and that's okay. And for those people who are still at the fringe, where can they come and get that big cuddle? Oh, the big cuddle, right? The big COVID-free cuddle. It is on Gilded Gilded Balloon at the museum, and it's at 12.30, so at lunchtime. Um, it's called Storyland. So if you're if you have a regular job and you don't like the people that you work with, you could technically just get a sandwich and come sit in the show and then go back. And then when they say, "What did you do?" you can go, "Nothing," <laughs> and you will have a secret story, and so will I. And for everybody outside of Edinburgh, they can hear your words online. They can, yeah. I I have a. Um, my, my storytelling business is you tell yours. So there's usually things about how to do story and what kind of story to do or, you know, classes and shit. Oh, classes and shit. That's funny. I like that, though, because that sort of is my aspect of it, right? Which is I don't I don't really want it to be very reverential. I just want it be, to be connective. So that is on a... Um, that's youtellyours.com. Uh, Lynn Fergie is what my handles are. <laughs> Or Lynn Fergie Ferg. And uh, I do a podcast with Chesney Hawks, the one and only Chesney Hawks, bless him, and Neil Harrington called Ferguson Harrington Hawks. And that is available on all podcasty places. And we will have links to all of those back on our website. And I can get a final run in edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Lynn, I think we got through the entire interview without mentioning that animated film and the voice oh, you do. Oh, there you go. Well done for that. Lynn Ferguson's Storyland there, and we will have links back to Lynn's show, which you still have time to see, Saturday, Sunday, uh, still running through there as well. Uh, We'll also have links back to the social medias and the podcasts and all of that stuff as well. That's our website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. And, uh, well, that's us for the 2022 interviews. Finn Ross and I are going to be back tomorrow with uh, an epilogue, a recap, a roundup, a reflection, other words that begin with R that I can't quite spring to mind just now. But that's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow in the feed. And, as I've hinted at, we'll have something else next week as well, later on in the week. Keep listening for that. If you're in Edinburgh, you've got one or two nights left to go and see all those acts that you want to see and the acts that you still need to discover if you're outside of Edinburgh I hope we've given you a flavour maybe you'll want to turn up next year I hope somebody wants to turn up next year uh, but if not go out live theatre comedy stand up go find that support it is such a thrill uh, to be in the audience to be the performers as one you can completely share in that experience once more into the fringe for myself back here tomorrow we'll tell you what happened to for now You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Yeah.